0: This recording was made on Goringai Country, Northern Beaches, New South Wales. It's the only way that you can describe what a person is. Describe what they do. There doesn't seem to be much job satisfaction or pleasure in this picture. And here we are again, and. And it's you, and it's me. And. It's the other. You. Or no you're the other me, and I'm the other me, another me, and we're here, and we're chatting, and what's going on? Yes, the internet, how wild is this? I was just, um, I was just, I went on the SoundCloud, and I looked up some of the insights thing on the channel, and I never, I like try and stay away from those, like looking at statistics and in anything like analytical about this podcast because I don't want that to influence or like interfere with my headspace in what I'm doing here, which is basically spilling my guts and losing my mind one um, episode at a time with you. Um, but I don't want to, I don't want to corrupt that with wondering how what I'm going to say is going to land and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, I click that tab just to see countries and ha- okay, here we go. I don't know all the languages. So I'm going to hope that Someone's listening. Knows English. Maybe is learning English with this. That's ridiculous suggestion. No one's learning English from me. But but anyway, hello to Nigeria, <laughs> and hello to Taiwan, baby. Hello Vietnam and Switzerland, of course. Like there's some. This is wild, guys. Like I didn't know I was over there as well. That's awesome. So so hello from Australia and. Sorry about, well, heaps of stuff. Um, Sorry mainly about what we're doing to the environment and climate change progress uh, right now. Really, truly, from the bottom of my heart. You know, that's maybe the most meaningful apology I could possibly give at this point in time. I really mean that. Because I hate what Australia's reputation is poised to become Based off what we're doing about climate change, which is not just not really contributing to solutions, but but actually standing in the way of them, pushing back against them in a lot of ways. Um, and so, I basically, with that apology, just want to register that that's not every Australian, and where we're doing what we can at our own levels in our own gardens, in you know our own neighbourhoods, away from Canberra, basically. But like. Fuck, we're sorry. We're really sorry because most of us know how fucked up this is to be basically pushing arguably the hardest in the world for retention of fossil fuel energy. Crazy, man. That's Australia right now. So we're sorry, but mainly we're here to talk about surfing anyway because like, we went off the deep end last episode. I think that's safe to say. It's a lot of different podcasts, isn't it? I'm the new one today. Sorry, it's my first time Uh, (laughs) doing my best. Um, And part of doing my um, best is surfing. So I think that, yeah. Anyway, straight back into the deep end. We need to go back to this thing that we've been discussing about surfing, like knowing that surfing makes you a better person. Well, that's my experience rather, I should clarify I know surfing makes me a better person. Grateful, I guess, is like the biggest thing. I think it makes me more grateful, which makes me way nicer. So if I know that about myself as a very black and white universal law at this point, twenty nine years in, um, I like. Shouldn't everyone experience that? Then shouldn't I have the opinion? Like I like, and I arguably this is the opinion that I've been trying to promote (laughs) at the same time as a million ones to the contrary. But one, like I'm identifying this thing that yes, the world, if I want a world full of better people, I need a world full of more surfers, but that basically makes me the mortal enemy of all surfers, including myself. Does that make sense? Like, Like put it this way. I'm a cyclist and I hate cyclists and Maybe this is the exact same thing, but but I don't want any more people in the lineup than there already are, full stop. And I've been trying to explore this whole philosophy with a bunch of different people on various podcasts and also just in like the lineup and just in day-to-day life, seeing what people's opinions are. And it's not a, it's not a simple thing, even though it should be, you know? So I don't know... If you go back and listen to the podcast with Rob O'Hara from Waves of Wellness, he's using surfing as a mental health therapy, health ther- therapy, good, cool roles, but basically doing that exact thing of generating more surfers. And there's a really simple um, reason. And if you surf, you know this, if you don't, you this is basically it, is that surfing just makes you feel like this. <music> Um, but this is basically what surfing makes you feel like. All right, like that's you, like you, what, like coming out of the surf, that's you. Well, that's me anyway. Like every surf, that's my, that's like my face, my insides, my like fucking all my energy, man. Like it, like life is just so good in those moments, walking in and walking away from the surf. And so, so, I, so Rob is out there just making sure as many people experience that as possible. And in that conversation, we encountered this idea, which I then really idolized uh, because it's something I really admired about Rob and what he said, which is he can watch someone ride a wave and feel as much enjoyment from watching them get enjoyment as if it was him riding that wave himself. And for me, I was just blown away by that level of grace and like sharing ability, basically, because I love to think that way about myself and I get it. Like I, I'm i happy for people when they get good waves, but I don't think I'm at the point where I'm a good enough person to say, or like a nice enough bloke <laughs> to say that I would be not happier being, you know, in position for wave of the day when it comes through myself. Um, But I get it. And I really, I've started to idolize that as a philosophy. I'm like, fuck yeah, Rob, absolutely right. Like that is the one and only answer to this whole philosophy, which is that more people need to experience this because it makes us happier, more engaged, grateful, better people. And I've just been having so many crowded suppressions of my enjoyment recently that I think I have finally realized that there is a point of diminishing returns as far as numbers in the lineup because it is getting out of control because it's not just more people to share with it's more people who don't know how to share and then and that's basically what I've started calling drop-ins is accidental sharing and Like it can happen both ways, but, but like, it's always, it's either like the person dropping in was an accident because they were a kook and they shouldn't have been out there. Or it's the person who got dropped in on needing to share, you know, it was by accident. Like they didn't want to do it. (laughs) They didn't want to share their wave, but accidentally they have to. So they may as well now because they're, because sharing waves is a cool thing as well. I love sharing waves with friends and stuff and trying to do those like S turn cutbacks and whatever. Uh, and like that's yeah I get it it's so good but also like blood boiling when someone drops in on you it's so impossible to um justify with words how wrong do you feel <laughs> when it happens because it's it's just such an it's such an egregious violation of the code of conduct of, like, just manners. It's like not pushing in in front of someone else in a line waiting for the same thing. It's the exact same thing, and you don't need to be a good surfer to know that. It's so obvious the first time you paddle out. And so when it happens, it's just like it's blood boiling. So there is this point of diminishing returns because, you know, like, the blood boil, right? The blood boil just, like, gets rid of the whole, it just goes, like th- that's gone. When the blood boils, like that's, nah, gone. And at some point, like I've had sessions where I've come in, you know, I'm happy that I spent my time that way still, definitely. I've never regret it, but I definitely don't have that bounce and the glow and the the buzz that you get after getting, you know, your fair share of waves. Because it's not fair when someone just drops in on you, like the other day, I was at my local, and uh, this, this someone paddled from like ten meters away to paddle underneath me and like start barking at me for a waist high wave, which I sort of like half paddled at and then realized what was going on. And I was like, oh whatever, okay, I don't really want to fight for for this slash at all. For, I don't want to fight out here. That's actually, I'm not here to fight. I'm actually here to do surfing. So anyway, I like drifted off to the shoulder and whatever. Um, but apparently got in this person's way such that she then paddled up to me and just like blown up in my face in a very busy, otherwise quiet, peaceful, serene, you know, ethereal, beautiful environment of the surfing lineup she's just like chewing me out going like oh, I've been waiting out here blah 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 you in my way like just going for it and i was so shocked i was taken aback like we're sitting under i don't want to pull the local card but i i mean i will <laughs> we're sitting underneath a fucking cliff that i've got tattooed on myself and she's busy going who in the fuck are i've never seen you before and i'm just like like Actually, you know what I thought? Here's, I'll tell you what I said after I just... Uh, here's my reaction. Ready? This is me. Shut the fuck up. Yes, sir. Well, you might not be so rude. Like, Gordon sums that up for me the best. Of course so. Like, of course. Of course Gordon Ramsay summed up my initial reaction to getting yelled at when I thought I was being, you know, the taking the high road in, not yelling, not like just dropping in, basically. Uh, but I mean, this is what happens when there's just different definitions of respect going on, and so that was that's my shut the fuck up. Yes, sir. That's me in my you head. You might not be so rude. Mainly that bit, and I'll tell you word word for word all I could think of to say. Like I was like mouth a gap, like what like blown away, and by the confrontation, and all I said was, "Well, I think you're being very aggressive." And then, and then just, like, drifted off. Because I was, like, revolted. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's revolting. That energy to bring that out into the surfing lineup. That is just, like, that's the opposite of what everyone's out there for. So inappropriate. So, anyway, so it's just made me think about this thing. That there's definitely a point of diminishing returns. And, yes, more people need to surf. But there's... I don't know. It's getting like it's getting really bad, and I don't really know. I've had a few conversations with like intermediate surfers who have put me in really dangerous positions recently, because that's what the crux of this whole thing is all about. Is when you don't know, when you don't know how to behave in a lineup, you create really dangerous situations. And so I've had missile, like you know, missile boards just fly at you from the top of a lip while you're trying to duck dive. You're just like underwater, going, "Wow, this might be it." This could this could be it? Last move, duck dive. Wow! And here comes this eight foot NSP plastic barge just at three thousand miles an hour towards my skull. And you come up and it's all good and everything because you're a drama queen like me, and you were just like, I guess what I'm saying is, is I'm a bit of a fucking gazelle, and I'm not really interested in fighting much, <laughs> including for my life underneath um, a flying surfboard. But in those situations, I've had a few of them recently, and I've tried to just say like, hey. That's when shit gets dangerous because when two people are are accidentally sharing or you are sitting in a dangerous spot, I mean, everyone's got horror stories about people who have been like brain damaged and opened up by flying hard objects. And you think about a beginner with like eight foot of leg rope and eight foot of board. That's like, that's like a five meter radius of destruction that that person can just, Is that more than five meters? No, that's about, yeah, whatever. It's a lot, you know, (laughs) and you can just, you can get caught up in it so easily. And so this point of diminishing returns, I'm just going to, I just wanted to update you on that whole philosophy because it's something we've talked a lot about and I'm trying to zero in on where that sweet spot is, where, where we can really maximize the, the, that feeling, you know, the... You know for everybody and just and and really minimize the shut the fuck up yes, chef. you might not be so rude because it's not like that's not what anyone's out there for so that's I mean that's got to be the goal you need two quail chef with that two quail Go. Okay. no no, no I'm, I know chef <laughs> I'll, I'll, shut the fuck up yes chef. you might not be so rude yes chef. There's quail nowhere on that ticket. Yes, Just sir. listen. Yes, sir. Concentrate. Yes, sir. Four minutes to the window. Yes, sir. One spaghetti of lobster. Yes, sir. One scallops. Yes, sir. Now, would you like me to fucking email that to your BlackBerry? No, sure. Move your ass. Yes, sir. That's where that little um, grab comes from. Man, I've been, I mean, that's where I've been. I mean, as far as unexplained absences go, I mean, like, I don't need to explain myself to myself. So like whatever, but that's basically what I've been doing. (laughs) I discovered that Hell's Kitchen, every season of Hell's Kitchen is on YouTube. So I've just been absolutely binging Hell's Kitchen because I've never seen it before. I've only been watching Kitchen Nightmares and that's where Chef Ramsay comes in and helps struggling businesses and really like often like reunite families and find himself in really hectic personal situations immediately. And then, and then solve the crisis through gorgeous hospitality. God, he's amazing. But anyway, so I've been quite surprised sometimes when I've mentioned, um, like my affection for Gordon Ram- Chef Gordon Ramsay to people, and they're like, like my mum, for example, she's like, oh, you like him, and it made me realise. That of course, like he's got a bad reputation amongst a lot of people who only know him for the screaming and the insults and the the belittling and like obviously I've I've seen it and enjoyed a lot of it myself. Um, but if you'd seen it the other way around and like only seen Hell's Kitchen and not seen Kitchen Nightmares, you'd just think that he was a complete prick. Even though it's just a different in my you know in Chef Ramsay's defense, a different. Um, Opportunity to just engage people with the spirit of life and everything. But you'd be, I get it that you'd think he was just a prick, because there's Hell's Kitchen is just vicious. I didn't realise it's basically like Big Brother combined with Master Chef. That's I, I have no idea. That's what it was like, and then the whole thing is just overseen by um GR, and it's just like. God, it's a great show. I've just been churning through it, and I've found some great stuff for you guys because I know that, like, I can hear you. Like, I can hear you out there, and you're like, you're like, but rolls. I mean, have you've got any examples of GR doing the work of the Lord out there, and um, and yes, I do. Like, I can hear you though. Yes, I do. How's this for a piece of genius from Gordon Ramsay? The he always splits the teams seemingly into men versus women, and. At one point, the women lose a challenge, and so he punishes them with a gay man, and and it's just like, like just think about that as an idea. He punishes the women with a gay man. Like like what like that guy's brain, man. To think of something like that. The men head out for their teenage-inspired reward. Meanwhile, the women come face-to-face with their punishment. Darling, hello, hello. The party planner. My name is Francisco, and I'm your party planner. Here comes this orange flame. (laughs) Automatically, I knew he was gonna get under my skin. First balloon bouquets on the sconces around the room. Also, cylindrical lights are gonna be adorning all of the sides. We're going to make this room sparkalicious. We're gonna make everything so sparkalicious. Tinkerbell will be jealous. The room is going to be sweeter than the sweetest dessert. Oh god. Down a notch. Actually, I actually we need to stop it there. Because like it like. <laughs> um, but but what that's just genius. Insane. I'm getting very excited. Insane. You know where the red crap is? The red what? Francisco and I really aren't friendelicious. Is this fun to work with? Nope. While the women begin their punishing day with Francisco, the men arrive at the go kart track. <laughs> I just can't get enough, guys! I can't get enough. It's such a good show. And so, what I've done for you um, as a special treat is I've compressed a forty-minute episode of Hell's Kitchen into pretty much like pretty much one minute, actually, and it begins. Well, maybe it's a little, like, it's a minute 30 here on the sound Um But it begins with this, it begins with this line, which basically sums up, like, exactly how I would react if I was um, to meet the great man. When I'm with Chef Ramsay, I take it all in, you know, because it's, it's a wonderful experience, you know. It was very awesome. Like, I like the, isn't that just, well, yes. That, that just resonated with me. I'm like, I wouldn't be able to talk either, man. No disrespect. Like, I get it. So I get it. Anyway, so here's the episode compressed into, into like a minute 30 of evidence of why this is an important um program for me to be sharing here after I tried to make a serious apology for Australia's environmental credibility in 2021 and then ranted about um, surf rage and accidental sharing for 15 minutes. Here we are with another important piece of self-talk podcast. uh I love you too. I mean, me and Cora are like two peas in the pot. You know what I'm saying? Like Twinkie in a filling. I'm going in the hot tub, dude. That's my girl, man. I heart her, man. I think Lou Ross is probably attracted to me, and it definitely makes him an easy target. Really, there was nothing going on. Like, he's seriously, like, four feet tall. I'm, like, six hey. feet tall, so don't think it's happening. And I have a boyfriend. I'm not losing another service if I had to singly-handedly cook it all myself. Singly-handedly, guys. I'm going to be 16 guys. in a couple more years, so I'm just trying to make sure that we give this girl the best party that she could possibly have. Roseanne has undercooked the birthday girl's steak and Matt has overcooked her mom's fish I need Melissa's beef I need her beef the fish is raw this is Melissa's mom fucking right shit you've given up and it fucking shows have had enough I can't seriously decide on a winning team on a difference of one percent thank you chef for your generosity fuck the generosity Matt he yeah, always opened his <laughs> mouth at the wrong time. He thought he was safe tonight. Man, he's definitely that, full it? of crap. Crapola. Look at his face. Right Crapola. He was crapping his pants while he was standing there. You want to cook with the girls? I have no shame of working with women in the kitchen, chef. She made far too many simple mistakes, and that's why she's going back to something she's good at. Changing diapers. So, I think I just saved you. It's like 23 seasons of, of it or whatever. Like I'll go and I'll go and still watch it and everything and make sure it's all like you don't miss out on anything crazy important. And if I find any, I'll share it with you, of course. But that, that like summarizes pretty much every episode of every season that I've seen so far. And I just like, I can't get enough of it. Yeah. Matt's full of you Yeah. He looks like he's taking a crap when he's talking to you. And you know, the crazy thing is that he did. Like, he did look like he was taking a crap while he was talking. And, and, like, this is all about education, isn't it? As we've discussed so at length in the past. I mean, we're here to, like, this is anthropology. This is, this is uh, care and consideration for my fellow species. I want to know, how do you make decisions? <laughs> and then and so like watching big brother slash master chef mediated by the lord gr i mean i just that's where I, that's like i mean lockdown's not that bad and 19 friday but tony the good news is nice and sunny for the weekend you should come around for a barbie no oh, thanks <laughs> okay <laughs> okay yeah uh, that's all our news from I don't know. I'm just scrolling through the soundboard and I remembered that one and it always makes me smile. Um, I'm w- we're going to get to uh, the main reason of uh, me sitting down with a microphone um, with you this afternoon, which is to talk about, well, I guess like what the beginning of this um, episode was as far as, hey, um, Japan, Ireland, There's like weird countries, man. It's so cool. Hey, hello. Sorry. Hey, sorry. Oh, what's up? I'm so sorry. Because it's going to be pretty transparent in the history books. It makes me really sad to think of what Australia is going to look like in 30 years time. As in, what were we doing in 2021? And then needing to explain that to, to kids at that time. You know, that's where it like that's where I just completely check out of people who don't I don't know, don't get rattled by by climate change or or aren't really taking seriously the individual responsibility to make your footprint as small as possible with urgency. Like we all need to be doing that. We all know that that's the level of urgency and commitment that's required of each and every one of us right now. Yet easy not to. You know, really easy not to because that's most people. For me that's 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 just reflected across the whole spectrum. It's reflected in the soft plastics in our recycling bins, it's reflected in all of the meat in our diets and it's reflected in our government policy as well on all levels. We're just we're not committed to it yet. And the kids thing when that enters into it to hear Barnaby Joyce just going, oh, well, I'm not going to be here in 2050. I mean, like, are you going to be here in 2050? And just sort of, it's like, hey, bro, you're the vice-captain now. That's you. How'd you even get that job with an attitude like that? Are you serious? But then again, what do you know? And what are you actually, like, privy to? And perhaps, I don't know, like, if you go back and listen to Juicy Sausage Face, we tried to explore why our federal politicians could possibly be just pulling the environmental rug out from under our fate like this and it's hard man it's a hard thing to justify so fucking hell mate all of our most senior politicians most of whom are family men and i guess are they trying to protect their families with massive wealth like money because it's otherwise it's just it just seems crazy to just doom your own children that way Holy fuck. Fuck me. You know what I mean? And just still like, no, nah, bushfires normal. Always been a part of the Australian landscape. And, ah, oh, oh, you know? And so, anyway, so I don't really know, like, what else to do about it other than come into here, crawl into my little closet, and just, like, rant to you about it because at least. It's putting it down on record that not all of us are down with it and 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 we're sorry. The situation's dire. And I don't think he's gripped reality in terms of how fucked he is. And he said, Well, if it closes, it closes. No, oh, if it burns down, it burns down. Everybody else he's bringing down with him through his own fucking stubbornness. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. It just this is why I'm thankful for Chef Ramsay because I mean, like, where would we? I mean, where would I be and you, by proxy, for for so we? So where would we be without him at this point in time? Wow, thanks, Chef Ramsay, and and thank you. Like you care about um about when like Grommet yelled at me in the surf, and do you know a Grommet yelled at me in the surf the other day? I I was sitting in a pack of grommets the other day, and this massive cleanup set comes through, and we all got through it, but only after one of them almost got mowed down by somebody, and we're all kind of rattled on the other side of it. Me and maybe five or six of these kids, and I was, and they're all looking at me, and I was like, "Oh, that was scary, eh?" And this girl, this little girl, she's like, "Yeah, almost shit myself." <laughs> just like, "Yes, go surfing, but also be polite out there, all right?" Like. Limit your accidental sharing. So much more fun than competing. Cause that energy is just yeah, revolting's the word. I'm just so not out there for that. So to so to all you to all you um, aggro chicks at curly listening, you just cut it out, alright? We're all we're all there to have fun. That's got me all excited now. Talk to you again sometime. And that, my dear, is fucking delicious.